Let it chaos ring. Chaos ring presents remedies for dealing with homosexuality with special guest D. Derail. Broadcast October the eighteenth, twenty twenty. Please, um, if anything, if you miss this um playback, please go back to recording of this. This is very useful and helpful. For people that's going through certain issues with not only mental illness but homosexuality as well. So enjoy this broadcast. In a world with its crime, corruption, violence, murder, rape, theft, and all forms of atrocities that plague the world in which we live today, what you witnessing, we are living in a state of chaos. And it'll take a much greater or extremer chaos to restore the order in which the world we live in today.
Hello again, my people. This is Chaos here. Um, tonight, I don't know. Tonight, we could talk about various things. This might be open mic, possibly, or it could be something else. Nonetheless, um, before I go into today's stream, let me pull up some links. I would like everybody to, hold on. You must go to talkresolutions.com, the website in itself. Um, there you see the three-point plan, black banks, and the most important thing of all is the latest articles, news, um, and articles of current events, seven days a week here I'm on Talk World Solutions. So that might be pretty much it. Um, okay. Now, no further ado. My guest tonight, and the subject, Chaos Rain presents Remedies for Dealing with Homosexuality with my guest again, Mr. D. Durrell. So as I welcome back D. Durrell to TalkRealSolutions.com or TalkRealSolutions stream. Hello, D. Durrell, you there? What's up, brother? How you doing? I'm good. Welcome. Welcome. Good. Good to hear. Uh, yes. Man. Apologize <laughs> for being late, but I know this is a very uh, yeah. um, sensitive topic, very controversial topic, but definitely something mm-hmm. that people need to hear and we can discuss, and definitely okay. something we can process today. Okay, okay. Um, I'm not sure if you were able to get some notes by any chance. I'm not sure if you were able to read, you know, the message that I sent you of the topic advance but for this particular topic to address this. I don't know if you're prepared, like notes-wise or anything. Just asking. Um, I have some things that I have jotted down for us talking points that I'm going to discuss. Okay, okay, okay. All right, that's fine. All right, no further ado. Uh, oh, to those that are listening, um, to be honest with you, if y'all notice, I've talked about homosexuality for the last, God knows, I would say three and a half, maybe four years, on particular streams on TRS podcast not only myself i had a man that wrote a book on it called definition of a broke ass you might not be familiar with it. i'm deep i'll tell you the brother in a second but um me and another brother Darwin yesterday he me and him did streams on this countlessly for a reason and i know also renee bash or she go by name miss legit she also talks about this years ago in advance before i started doing podcasting and one thing I never did focus really because I never got actual therapists in regards to looking into this. Um, so as y'all know tonight, this is going to be more of the remedies part of a, a tangible way of a person that is having a problem with what steps he or she, or let's say for the sake of concept for the men, because most of the men we're going to probably talk from our perspective, to what you could do to cope and deal with this. So. All right, I'll let you have the floor, Dia Darrell. Go ahead, brother. Okay. 
Well, first of all, again, I'd like to thank you for allowing me to come in today. I do apologize for being late, running late, and I did get the email and had some things I had to take care of and so forth, and uh, I to try to get back as, as soon as I could. Uh, I misplaced the previous, the number that you gave me the last time where I could have just Oh, no, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry about it. That, that, that's, yeah. that's nothing. But we're going to go on to it. We're not going to hold more time than okay. we have. But let's go into it. So, so pretty much what we're talking about remedies, for, for homosexuality, um, and so when we, the term remedy it, it can be seen upon in a variety of different different ways. And when we're looking at remedies, I look at it from a perspective of a person, some way or form, accepting who they are, accepting their sexuality, and. There's a lot of situations going on right now that you look at particular social media, particularly on YouTube, and people in certain black sectors of YouTube, um, they they have an inability to remedy um, the type of mindset they have towards sex or the same sex because they're in conflict with what they're doing versus what they want. And I think that we're going to look at a, a therapeutic process that one has to make in order to cope because that's the goal. We want to be able to cope and accept the fact that, you know, I'm a person that enjoys being with the opposite sex and I also love in being involved with the same sex. Or you're coming into an understanding that I'm being very dishonest to those that think that I am heterosexual in our actuality, I um, prefer being with the same sex. And and to me, in the black community, we have a large percentage, particularly of men, who basically want to live a heterosexual lifestyle as far as presentation, but they have issues um, with being honest about that. But And also within that, they want to have sex and have a um, in-the-closet type of situation in which they want to enjoy doing things very secretively as, as opposed to the actual act of being homosexual or bisexual, so to speak. And the problem with that is that in that, that position, over time it becomes mentally taxing on a person, male or female, and it becomes almost like a job. And in, and in many situations, it, it may trigger long-term depression, long-term anxiety. It may even cause relationship issues with the, per, with the heterosexual relationship that you're in or marriage. And also, if you're in a, I would say, down low or a secretive homosexual long-term relationship, it can also present its issues also because that person that you are with for same-sex may want more out of the relationship, may want to be public. Then that, that particular person that a guy is with may be, you know, uh, comfortable with their sexuality and wants you to be the same. So a person who encompasses these particular issues may be in a tug-of-war between battling the, 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 the at-ease of being heterosexual versus the pleasure and the, you know, feeling like themselves and, and, and so forth if they are in a homosexual situation. So 
some of the goals that we want to look at is that, first of all, in a therapeutic situation, we want that person to understand truly who they are and to accept the fact and be comfortable with the fact that I am a person that enjoys having sex with the person who is of the same sex. And for many people who are in the LGBT community, that may be very difficult, particularly for black men, it may become very difficult because they understand the perception that they may not be considered masculine or be, or, be, or be seen as a man. More than any other group, African-American males who seem to be homosexual have a, has, have a, it seems to be very difficult for them to accept the fact or to live with the fact that they may not be perceived as, as, as being masculine based on their sexual preference. Um, although other other groups of people may have issues with this, and this may be a burden upon them from a day-to-day basis, but that is the reason why in our community that's such a, a large percentage of African American men who are who are homosexual who are actually on the down low. Um, mm-hmm. There are two cases and points as you look at YouTube. There are two. Uh, I would say very noticeable YouTube personalities who have this particular issue. One person is married with five children, and mm-hmm. he has he has a a plethora of information in which he's had ongoing texts and so forth, and and going on different websites. And he has it is very difficult for the black community in many sects that I've seen, particularly the women, to even grasp the fact that this guy is possibly participating in LGBT communities because he has paraded around and has presented himself as this wholesome, all-American, all African-American male who loves his wife, loves his children. He's a consummate father. He's consistent. He's truthful. He's loyal. All of those imaginary, superficial things that we thought made up of him, but in all actuality, he was living a double life. The second person... Um, in many of his situations, people were suspect with certain things that he said that were kind of subliminal to other men, but no one never really, really in depth, really, really took him as being of of that particular sexuality until he decided to basically be hypersexual and disrespectful and cross the boundaries of another content creator and show his his private parts through a picture. And this person has repetitively done this to not only one particular person in the B1 network, but also mm-hmm. to other content creators. He's, he's, he, has, he has repetitively done this, and he does this in a way in which he is, it's almost as if he is trying to string a person along to see what their reaction is, to see if they may be in line to, to wanting to act in those same behaviors. But see, what he failed to understand is that regardless of if a person is heterosexual or homosexual, the fact that you're doing this is, is also disrespectful and is, and is out of line. Regardless if a person is heterosexual or homosexual, it is inappropriate for anyone to, to send unwanted graphic, pornographic pictures of themselves to another human being. But as I 
watched the way he has talked about his detailed battle with his with homosexuality, the fact that he has battled with this throughout all of his life, the fact of the matter that he has befriended certain YouTubers and then actually made passes towards them, the fact that, that he has actively flirted with other women to make himself appear heterosexual. Um, and, and in some many situations, he came across as being hyper-masculine or hyper-sexual as far as, you know, going around about to prove that he, to try to overcompensate for the fact that he knows that he he basically wants to be with a man. And at this point, this guy has been on a variety of different shows. He had a lot of issues. This brother has been drunk. He's been drinking. This brother uh, is very depressed and anxious. And he also has been suicidal. And so when we look at the remedies of this situation, therapy to me is very, very important in the remedy of a person being comfortable with who they are and having the ability to manage the day-to-day psychological stressors that, that, um, that are involved in being um, homosexual. And for both of these particular persons that I am um, describing, they have issues with their sexuality because if they didn't have issues with their sexuality, they would be living in their truth. They would be proud and would be very comfortable with letting people know that they are homosexual. They would not care less whether or not someone judges them on being homosexual or heterosexual. You have one person who has basically put on a facade as if he is, again, a model citizen, a, a model. He is the he's the he is the template of what a black man should be in America, and and a lot of women have bought into that, and there's a great deal of men who also have bought into this particular perspective. So, it, okay. it is important for us. It is it, it is important for us to understand uh, in the analysis of this is that one must be open to assess themselves to go through a a process of introspecting, a, a process of understanding, a, a process of them themselves from a spiritual standpoint and the fact of am I strong enough to live this truth day to day without feeling like I'm out of place. And there are homosexual guys and so forth who are openly uh, gay and they live their truth and they're happy with it. But, however, I want to also caution as we talk about the remedies of homosexuality, I think it is also uh, appropriate for us to bring up the fact that, that there's a large percentage of African-American men who uh, have issues with their sexuality that stem from sexual and physical abuse that occurred when they were children. And this is something that, the, that is very taboo within the, the African-American community, particularly the LGBT community, because they like to minimize the fact that there's a large percentage of people who ascribe to that lifestyle, who have had traumatic events that have occurred to them that has influenced their ability to, to gravitate towards the same sex and to not want to be with the opposite sex. And so when we talk about the remedies, again, from a therapeutic standpoint, it is appropriate to look at childhood history or what we may call developmental history or psychosocial history, because in turn, 
that process is not a very pretty process. It can be a very painful process. Uh, it could be very mentally taxing. It, could, it can be very mentally draining. It can be very confusing. Um, it can be very difficult for one to undergo the, the type of intense healing and therapy that would be that would be required for them to get a full understanding of why they are the way they are and have developed into the position that they are in now from a psychological standpoint and from a psychosexual standpoint that the fact that they they gravitate or feel attracted to the same sex. There are very few people, very few people in the LGBT community who actually will go undergo this particular situation. And one of the things you must understand for those who do undergo therapy from a long-term perspective, once they gain acceptance and heal from the fact that they were affected by physical or sexual abuse that contributed to that particular mindset, they may come to the understanding that this is not who I truly am, and they will be they go through a process of which they want to be heterosexual and they understand that the the way that they have developed in this mindset was from a position of tragedy and trauma, not necessarily by nature and alone. And so with with, with coming to that conclusion, gradually they, they will gravitate towards the opposite sex and want to have a healthy a healthy heterosexual relationship. And and also I want to for those who are listening and if there's anyone who is battling with that sexuality, it is very, very important that you Develop a support system with either friends who accept you, uh, close close family members that accept that you can be able to express yourself and be truthful for what you're doing and why you're doing it in conjunction to you receiving therapy. And also from a spiritual standpoint, being in line with yourself from a spiritual standpoint and doing things from a spiritual perspective that will allow you to give out the the correct energy to be successful in this particular process. Again, this is a very long process. This is not a I can get over this and change in two or three weeks. This can be this can take years. This can take months to years. But at the if you're wanting to have that process, because there the thing about it, we must understand there are a lot of people in the LGBT community that have a high incidence of using drugs. They have a high incidence of um, alcoholism. They have a high incidence of being suicidal. And the reason why they have high incidence of this because it stems from trauma that they have not been able to come to terms with and deal with that in some way has been repressed. But in the, 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 pathway of that repression they're connecting to the same sex because they're wanting that that masculine energy that was that they didn't understand that was that was used against them when they were sexually abused when when this older person took advantage of them they want to be able to be in a situation in which they can gain that the they can gain that acceptance of a person doing that and thinking it's okay. They want to gain that that masculine energy of their men. You see, a person, a, a black man who is 
in the LGBT community that that want, that enjoys being and want to be with a man wants to get wants to gravitate towards masculine energy in a way in which it can be uh, controlled by themselves or it can be enjoyable because the initial incident of them coming in contact with a male who's either older than them and so forth in which those advances occurred in an unwanted manner. It was not seen as being pleasurable. It was not as seen as being, being wanted. It was very confusing. So as I've spoken and had multiple interactions with people in therapy or in the therapeutic process, one of the commonalities in their verbalization of their experience is that the fact that they go into this mode of repetitively thinking about the events in which they were physically or sexually abused, and they're wondering that that, per that particular person of the same sex, was this something that I was supposed to do? Is this something that boys are supposed to do with men? Or is this something that boys are supposed to do with, with, with older men? Am I supposed to enjoy this? Why is he continuing to do this? Am I making him happy? See, these are the things that repetitively go on over time. And then also they, they start to compare it to the fact that I'm wondering are other people doing this? Well, if this person who's older than me as an adult or an older teenager, so to speak, and I'm a younger kid, why is it that I see the uh, other people of that same age being with, with the opposite sex as opposed to this person being different and wanting to do these, engage in these behaviors with someone of the same sex? See, there are a multitude of questions that one um, may verbally and instinctively ask themselves in an ongoing manner periodically that develops into a person questioning their 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 masculinity or, or questioning their whether they are heterosexual or homosexual and in, in that process if, if if they begin they in some way from a subliminal and a subconscious manner they begin to gravitate and copy and do some of the behaviors of the opposite sex to attract the same sex. That's why you have a, a large percentage of males who start to take on the, the characteristics, the mannerisms, the things that they see females do because they understand that the, those things that females do actually attract the opposite sex. So as a person who has has those experiences, they will develop those same, from a subconscious standpoint, they began to pick up and want to do those same things because they understand that it will give them the reward of a tr potentially, uh, potentially attracting those same guys. And so to, to a heterosexual person, this can become somewhat cumbersome and and I would say difficult to under, and confusing to understand. But to a person that is of the LGBT, LGBT community, it makes a lot of sense because they're in a position in which they, many of these people say statements such as, I don't, even though I'm a male, I don't feel like a man. I don't feel like a, a, a boy. I don't feel like a guy. I feel like a female. This is, and, and many of them will say statements such as, I was born like this, or they will say, God made me this way, 
or they will say, I naturally developed this. This is who I am. And so the reason why they tend to say this is because from a psychological standpoint, this was a slow and steady, gradual process that occurred, and this occurred over time. This was not something that occurred once they turned 15, 16, and all of a sudden they want to engage in homosexual behavior. This was a slow, gradual process in which in many instances, they're not even aware of what they're doing. They, and, and, and the only time that they do become somewhat aware of what they're doing is when other people may question what they're doing. When other guys question, why are you um, wearing these types of clothes? Why are you hanging around with girls? How come you never talk about girls? How come you never give girls compliments, but you always, you're maybe giving a boy compliment? Um, how come, you know, you're secretively putting on makeup? Um, are you liking to do certain activities that females do? And so it, there's a lot of, there's a variety of variables that contribute to this. And so as, as a professional, I understand the, the tumultuous journey that a person in the LG community may um, experience because it is a long and tumultuous journey, and it has a lot of bumps and and road and bumps in in that process, because they are coming from a position of wanting to be comfortable with who they are and and, gain, and gaining overall acceptance from something that they know that the majority of our population does not engage in, and in many situations, a lot of LGBT people in this community. They become very talented in certain fields, certain skills that will gain the admiration of people so that it can deter away from people focusing strictly on them being gay. That's why when you look at a lot of people that are in that community, they're very creative. Um, they, they make good writers. They're all part of Hollywood. They're part of the, the music industry. They're, they're definitely part of the uh, entertainment business, the fashion industry. They develop these particular skills because they understand when you gain the admiration of people, people come connected and drawn to you and so forth, they may be more willing to overlook the fact of you, of them being gay. They, they want to be loved. They want to be accepted just like anybody else because that is a natural human need to be wanted. If you understand the characteristics of, um, of Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it talks about that, particularly in the feeling of esteem, uh, belonging, love and belonging needs, which I think is actually the fourth stages of that before you get to, to periods of self-actualization. It characterizes the fact that that you want to belong to other people. You want to feel needed. You want to feel accepted. And so you will engage in things uh, from, a, from a certain period of time over time as a young kid, as an adolescent, as an adult, in which you began to do things and, and look at things and, and, and so forth uh, in ways in which others can't. Because you have, because it's it's a it's a it becomes a sense of attempting 
to become accepted, attempting, attempting for those to not just look at you as a gay person because they in themselves are already in conflict with knowing that they're different from other guys or for females that they're knowing that they're different from other girls and so on. And so when you develop these, these extra skills and these extra talents and so forth, people, you start to stand out. You start, you start to want to be included. And also in that, they understand that they can also be seen as being more attractive to others. And particularly, they feel that they can also use that to, to basically engage in relationships with other heterosexual people of the same sex. And what we must understand is that in that whole period, we have to, we have to take in consideration each and every variable that contributes to who they are today. And like I stated, this, this can be a very painful process. It could be a very liberating process. But more than happy, you, you're being truthful to others. You see, when you look at people such as when, in the trans community, the trans community is full of people who know that deep in their, know in their mind that they are not what they appear to be. But due to legislation and, 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 the, and how organized and the money that the LGBT community is, they have gained this power in which they want you to accept the fact that they deceive others. This is a, this is a situation of deception. When, when, when a man is attracted, mm. when a man is attracted to a trans male, a trans female, that uh-huh. man is attracted to a trans female thinking that the trans female is a female. Most men, I'm going to say most, most men are not going to knowingly want to have sex with a trans female. Most men may be attracted, depending on how well the, the surgeries and so forth, may want to have sex with what they perceive as being a female. There's a difference. And see, we, we have to also look at the fact that trans females still think like men. And men can men yes. are yes. very calculating as far as being predatory and being manipulative. See, see, just because the auto appearance may not be conducive to the actual masculine mindset that trans females have because they're still men. And so... And so what they'll do, they will, in, in many ways, engage in certain behaviors that will, be, that will basically be highly similar to a heterosexual male attempting to have sex with, with a female. And in many situations with a heterosexual male, they may be assertive in talking to the female. They may lie to the female. They may embellish upon themselves about the things that they do, what they have, they're willing to do things, whatever it is, in order to gain their, 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 a certain level of comfortability that in some terms will, be, will lead to some type of sexual relationship. Well, it's the same thing that trans, trans, trans females also, they do the exact same thing. They're actively seeking men. They're not being submissive and, let's say, somewhat... Um, uh, evasive towards men like like females. Most females are not going to be assertive in seeking out men for the most part. Ma- mainly, f- 
females are going to be very passive aggressive and putting themselves in a situation where they can be seen. And in most situations, they're hoping or they're waiting for a guy to interact with them. Trans females seek out heterosexual men the same way that regular heterosexual men seek out females. Trans females are also going to be very deceptive. Trans females know what men like and are going to say and do things to gain that, that acceptance of them without telling that person that they're really a man. And what usually happens, and this is this is stuff that you've seen on social media and my other different God. Things, my God. They, they 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 will they will tell you all the things that you want to hear. They will tell you all of the you know, all of the the uh what I would say sexually um open, very sexually vivid and open and you know, things that a lot of men may want to engage in because they understand the psyche of a man because they're a man. And then in that, they may develop a sense of where they understand that you are somewhat um, intrigued by them because of, because of your perception of what you think they are. And then they may do certain things sexually to you with, with you thinking, that that this is a female doing this and then in that process they will tell you well i am a man and so for a lot of very uh what i would say very somewhat fluid or weaker mindset of men they may fall in line and be like wow i did this but i enjoy it you know she she looked like a man she you know she touched me like i mean she looked like a woman or is she a woman or in my mind, she is a woman, and so there comes a particular situation for men who are somewhat fluid or may not be strong-minded within their masculine selves. They may give in to the fact that, okay, well, if she took, if she, if she received this, this, um, this operation, she sounds like a woman. She looks like a woman. She's sexy. She's pretty and all this stuff like that, in my mind, she is the woman that I met when I first came into contact with them. So it becomes conflictual to to some men. But then also the danger in that is that in most cases, which are basically displayed in the news and so forth, most men act out in a very violent manner in which they may kill, they may beat up or, or close to, you know, harm a person very in a, in a very severe manner because the person was not being truthful for who they were. It, yeah, all, there, there, are, there are articles of that right now, of that. There are articles it, that reveal it all, that. It all stems from situations of deception. And see, that's, that's we, we have to, to me, it's like this. I have no issue. And, and, and just like when I did some videos on this particular person, I got all kind of hate emails I had people doxing, trying to dox me again, doing some of the things that stopped me from doing this type of content months ago. They're back doing some of the same stuff all over again. And in no, in no position have me as a professional, as one person tried to angrily sent me an email and did a video on me yesterday, I am not against a person engaging into LGBT activities. If that's what you want to do with your life, you you are more than happy to do so. Who am I to tell you? Who am I to tell you how to live your life? 
But what I'm not going to do is allow you, because because you're in this position, to not identify the flaws and the the negatives of your behavior. I think that I'm doing the, I'm doing a disservice if I am going to be if I'm not going to be as critical for you for the negative behaviors that you engage in, just like I would any heterosexual male or female in a in a typical heterosexual relationship. So the problem with the LGBT community is that they you cannot force people to like you. You cannot force people to agree with what you're doing. Now we can I think that it is well appropriate and law that we should respect them and we should not be disrespectful. We should be civil and so forth. But you cannot tell people that they have to accept your behavior. You cannot tell people that they must like or it's okay for 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 me to disrespect you and that I can't call you out on disrespecting me because you are of a certain sexual orientation. And so what it has created is an atmosphere of 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 anxiety among heterosexual people that they can't really some people are very fearful and hesitant to tell a a LGBT a person or a member of the LGBT community that they are wrong for some of the things that they're doing. And I think that that, that is to me very tragic because I feel like no one regardless of sexuality, should be above reproach if you are doing something that is wrong. And so when we're talking about the remedies, I'm going to kind of go back to remedies again. The remedies involve the fact that they have to look back at their the development of them getting to this point and, and dealing with the situations that have led them to be um, who they are today. And in many cases, in some cases, in going back and assessing and healing from things that have led to them to this point, the, the end result may be the fact that they don't want to engage in this behavior again and they want to be heterosexual. But also the end result may involve in the, the fact that they're at peace with being homosexual and they want to, and they're comfortable and want to continue to engage openly in homosexual behavior. No one. And I'm going to be honest with you, no one should feel like they have to hide who they are. No one should feel like they're in prison. No one should feel like they can't be open with who they are. I think that they have the right, if they want to be openly gay, they have the right to do so. But the problem is for those who are battling and they're lying, they're, they're cheating, they're being deceptive, you know, they're putting on a facade, and they expect that it's okay for them to do that just because they're battling with their sexuality. And no, and by no means, regardless of if you're battling with your sexuality or not, it is, it's okay for you to be deceptive because of some of the issues that you're dealing with. You should be truthful, just like a man should be truthful if he stepped out and did things. A person that's on the DL or who's homosexual but pretending to live a heterosexual lifestyle should also, in turn, be as truthful to the people that they are deceiving. So that's that's the perception of that, and and that's to me those are the remedies. These these are it is difficult, 
And I'm going to repeat again in conclusion. We're looking at the fact that these people should, these people in this population should seek therapy. They should seek the ability to, to have support from, from close families and family and friends, okay? I also would, would say that it would also be appropriate for them to join a LGBT support group that also enhance, can, can, can help them cope with this. But more importantly, they have to go through self-introspection in this process, in this journey, from a spiritual standpoint, so that they can be spiritually, spiritually in line with themselves as far as them accepting whether or not they want to continue this lifestyle or if they want to discontinue this lifestyle and live a heterosexual lifestyle. That's, that's, those are the remedies that I would propose. All right, all right. For those that are listening to the stream, the call number for tonight's show is 712-770-4160. The access code is 977-194-POUND. I repeat, 712-770-4160. The access code is 977-194-POUND. Tonight's stream is titled Chaos Rain Presents Remedies for Dealing with Homosexuality with my guest, D. Darrell. Um, I see some things in the chat room activity. Um, one question I'd ask you, D. Darrell. Um, can we go? Sure. Um, the second brother you mentioned, um, am I familiar with him? The one you were talking about earlier. Two brothers that you know that's promising. Yes. Yes. I'm worried. Okay. Um, I'll have to ask you later another time. We're not going to mention the names right now. Um, I've noticed in the chat room, and I might have some questions, but I'm not sure who this man named Mr. Chopper is. The man wanted me to go back to I was, what I was talking about before you came on, and I was talking about some of the, um, the man and woman in regards to the relationship of, you know, he not getting sex. And I know for a lot of people that is find this odd that this is not something new. This is actually a therapist that I have online. Y'all know D. Durrell. I have him on the first time of the show. So if you ask for the credentials, you might have to go back to the previous broadcast on my channel for this. I'm uploading on my channel, but I will. But the point is this. This is really much a touching subject that it's going to be uncomfortable to be here because a lot of people have been trained in the society for the last 20, and we could say almost over 20 years now since they started push, making more initiative push in the early 90s on this, that this is a normal behavior, that people should not seek help, that it's fine, that's it. But the problem is when you keep certain demons in you and you're not willing to come out, but in time your behavior shows that people are revealing what you really are and you're not liking it, it's a problem to me. I'd say I respect somebody that up front, honest that they're in this life and they're happy and gay and all that stuff. I can respect that as a man. But the one thing I will not respect is when people are playing both sides of the fence and going to hurt people, especially ones that they're in a lie, in a relationship with a woman, that this is very detrimental to African-American women. If you know, Cedarell, the countless numbers of not only sexual trans disease, but also a lot of women have died unquestionable that they know that their 
their um, husbands or whatever live a double life. Correct. And we don't talk about this enough that you feel comfortable keeping behind the closet. And this is my thing about all of this. And the time of crime and now, what benefit you have now if you don't be upfront honest of your sexuality? Repeat that again. No, and I was I was telling the people that listen that the way how the site is and where it's gone now, why would a person still feel comfortable to be behind a closet with this? So I put that listening. Because the society makes it easy for you to come out now, and there's no shame. There's no actual prosecution. Matter of fact, a heterosexual person will get more prosecuted if they say some neglect about you than yourself. So I don't understand the secrets at this point, especially with those, our community. I, I agree. I, I don't understand because I think that it is homosexuality is is is, is far more accepted than any point in, in American culture and mm-hmm. there's so much attention that has been drawn to it. There are people who careers, particularly in the entertainment business, actually were, were revitalized and improved on the fact that they came out. There, there has been positive reinforcement and rewards that have came out due to the fact of a person being um, um, being homosexual. Matter of fact, let's look at uh, what's her name, Nisi Dash. Look at her, Nisi Dash. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody was talking about her on social media. They talked when they did talk about it. It was negative about the fact that um, she got a divorce. Mm-hmm. The minute she came out to say that she was married to this uh, female, so to speak, next thing you know, she's getting interviews on national networks. She's all over social media. Her profile mm-hmm. has been enhanced by the fact that she has married a female. Mm-hmm. You see, if she would have if she would have came if she would have married a black man, she would have not gotten this attention at all. This is her oh. third marriage. If she would have married a man, I don't care if he was of another race, he wouldn't have nearly got this amount of attention. She would not have been interviewed on ABC, NBC and CBS about the fact that she has came out and said that, you know, this is what she does and this is who she likes and so forth. So mm-hmm. because she made that decision, this is this is the positive reinforcement. So to me, it only adds to the fact of why would anybody that is, who is sexually fluid have an issue with just saying that they're sexually fluid? But, um, again... In our community, in the African-American community, there's a large percentage of men and women who continue to be deceptive and live double lifestyles. And in, and in, and in route of doing that, they're putting the lives of other their partners at risk because of what they're doing. Of course. Of course. Of course. And there was another guy that came to my mind, D. Durrell, um Gilligan from Florida. That was found in yeah, Gillen yeah, also. Yeah, and I find now that I don't know if he, I think he didn't make public that he says he's a bisexual man. A lot of people, especially in our community, especially the woman, the woman that's married to him, didn't say much about it at all. No, you get me. She, she she's pretending as if she's okay with this, 
Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is, they are they are using him as a poster boy. Okay, they're using they're using him as a poster boy for the Democratic Party, and I guarantee mm-hmm. you, when this cools down, he's going to be seen as a more attractive candidate for higher positions, whether it's governor, senator, president, vice president. This this is this is this is basically a a a, a uh, what I would say a a process for him. It's a it's more of a ritualistic situation in which he's going through the 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 trials and tribulations that's going to actually prepare him for some high profile political office down the line. I agree. I agree. When when the, when the dust settles. His name was still, when you think of him, you're going to think of what he did, but then you're going to look at the fact that he showed the strength to survive. He showed the strength to persevere. And, you know, all those little pretty words they would like to use for, you know, and and, and so forth. And, of course, the LGBT community is going to get behind him, and they're going to donate tons of money. Oh, yeah. They're probably giving money right now as we speak while we're talking. Yes. They're trying to push this because, remember, we're in election year. Uh, is he Democrat when this was leaked a few months ago? Is he Democrat? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is pretty much, I, I, well, I would say probably wrong timing because the way how the political climate is right now in this country, and we already know what the homosexual agenda is that's already been, I think it's concluded now. Only thing now you see now is people, just, the players coming out the closet. Then I come out fully, but it come out one by one. Even yeah. the thing with, one one particular woman, I don't know if her name was right, talking about how major um labels like with P D them having like um like Biggie Smalls giving them head and stuff. And I remember there was a lyrics done by Biggie Smalls about something about giving head. You get me? Yeah. So this this is not something new. People gotta understand for you to reach a hierarchy in this society, especially entertainment, you have to be compromised overall. If you want to climb up, there's no way I know that somebody is big that have not done some eluge stuff. Let's keep 100. You get me? So, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and I'll be uh, yeah, go ahead. Say it, man. Mm-hmm. Eluge stuff, man. You can't get around that. Um, there's too many um, information out here already. And let's be honest with that, people. Um, with the black community and homosexuality, especially when it comes to men, especially women, I tell you, we, we don't really don't care or give it much attention that we should. The only time it's really attention is when it applies to the males. Well, we all know a lot of black women tell me say it's a problem, but they don't find it a really big problem because some have friends that's gay and also say, well, you actually got to speak louder if you think there's a problem in your circle if you find a black man that's gay. I don't like homosexuality. Mm-hmm. I tell you this many times. And uh, y'all know I, my my. Uh, Post about it with me and Dawan for years now. That this is a major problem. It's pushed as a weapon for a bigger agenda. Mostly it's used really to depopulate people because, really, truly, if they're given laws protecting them, and you know what I'm saying, now they have a more purse string controlling how much children can be produced in this country much faster. You know, it's a weapon for us as black people because this is foreign to us. Because when we engage them, we don't stop, we go all the way in until until we reach what we call the danger zone. And that's where the enemy wants us. 
because if y'all look at actual Greek history, and I'm not too fond of it. I read certain stories about it, but there was a story said in regards to Roman times um, when the Roman Greek um, soldiers were having boy lovers and even go as far as having them as mates and not giving no attention to the women. And in the result, their numbers started to decline in regards to reproduction of men and women, especially the boys. So like anything, the government and the, you know, the king and them had to step in and had to put laws to force men to be around women and procure women. When, you're, when you have to have your heart upset to force you to engage something so you don't die off, it's a problem. So now they're just going back to ways that really work to really say how can I start limit population. They use the same weapon that was done in history. So if you think that this is something new, this was done centuries ago. All it is, they go back and say what works to get the best outcome. They use history as a tool to put out a certain outcome that they want to see overall. So that's a little secret I want you to understand. Nothing's new. All of his weapons for cost. Because think about it. If I put things in laws in place, I'm doing this for my purpose, for my end game. You can't go nowhere now and say anything offensive to a person that is of homosexuality and not be punished either by um, what do you call it, cancellation or something much more worse in the society. Hell, I heard there was some laws in California, DDRF, where you can't even call a person that says they are actually a, um, they put themselves as a woman, but they're actually born a man. You can't call them like, sir, you got to call them ma'am. This is where yeah. the, the bizarre world we live in now. So imagine, yeah. and I remember, was it genuine? He was on a guest with some show, and it was a transsexual man wanted to kiss him. He said no, and he made a conscious effort to distance himself away from the man. But it goes back again, they impose their will against because they know that you try to post them, there is going to be a consequence. This is not normal. Exactly. This is not normal. Exactly. And they actually got, a, there were people who actually were upset with him that he didn't kiss, the, kiss that man. Yes. Well, which was ridiculous. Yeah. But it's like, as any human being, now, we all, we all know the term um, about rape, and rape takes many forms. You get me? And people feel it's just a physical. Yeah, it is the main thing that inclines to rape. But how I look at it, it takes on many forms when it comes to men and women. You see, people got said in sodomy and also it is somewhat still against law, but that will slowly change once they remove other laws like pedophilia and all that stuff because all that ties into somebody abusing somebody else. That is the opposite sex. And this climate is trying to make it a way as an environment where they can engage in their real Eurocentric criminal ways without no persecution of the law. They're there yet. They are getting there very fast. If you look at all laws now that protects now, the only thing left is pedophilia. And maybe in the future shows, the drought probably going on, maybe next year or possibly, we'll probably talk about that aspect, you know, because we have to look at all factors that these are symptoms of a greater dis-ease that people want to keep sweeping the rug and think they're fine, but you are not, you know, because what it will lead to, it will lead to some form of suicide down the line. 
I think that's the reason why a lot of brothers stay in the closet because they know there's, there is prosecution from the people that their loved ones are stuff. Because black people, as much as we hate it, we might not have friends, actually friends, but we have some families that do somewhat we are close with. So imagine you have no closeness with your family. You'll be all alone as a man. And a man, when he's not in his right state of mind, can be a dangerous person. He'll do exactly. things that not only hurt himself, but he'll hurt people around him. You know? So when we talk about the suicide rate of black people, it's up there. It's not like super serious like the white people. But in regards to homosexuality, I don't know what the percentage is. I don't know if you know numbers. But it should be closely, you know, catching up, creeping up there, you know. Um, and I'm seeing it right here in the, in the chat room that one, one dude said here that being gay for success, shaking my head. Yeah, that's what it is. And let's go up. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people are writing chat. Let me see if anybody raising their hand. And remember, the phone line is open, so if you got any guys got, got any questions, I know you're in the chat room. And, yeah, just general questions, I would appreciate it. You know, um, don't be hesitant to call in. Number, again, is 712-770-4160. The access code is 977-194-POUND. Um, one thing I do want to ask, the clients that you deal with, um, do they – sometimes be honest of their conditions or it takes a few sessions where they feel comfortable to reveal their inner problems with you? Um, for what I'm going to say, for, for those who, um, I'm going to say this, if there's a person who is struggling with homosexuality, they're pretty open about it. Now, there are certain aspects that as far as what is contrib- what had contributed to the homosexuality those particular experiences may take two or three or more sessions for them to be totally comfortable with the fact that they uh, endured a severe level or a certain level of uh, abuse, child molestation, or something like that that occurred to them uh, in their childhood. And and the reality is that there's a large percentage of those who engage in that community who have been physically sexually abused, particularly sexually abused, from from most of their childhood as a as a teenager, you know, usually it's usually around between the ages of eight and twelve, where most of it usually happens around that age. And but the thing about it is, uh, sexual abuse and child uh, and child abuse is rarely sexual and physical abuse is rarely talked about in the LGBT community. Mm. It's like it's taboo. They they never talk about those types of issues because the LGP community is full of people who have been um, abused, abused and broken because of that abuse. Yes. And so there are many women, even today, there are even women, and particularly women, there are adult women who have been raped or have been physically abused by their mate, whether they're married or dating, who because of the treatment of what they experienced with the male black man, they refused to date another man. And, th- and their anxiety is so low and fear that they would, they find comfort in being with another female as opposed to being with another man because in fear of the fact that that same behavior is going to repeat itself. 
Interesting. Um, would that apply the same way if, let's say, a woman or a young girl of a certain age was, I guess, I mean, raped by uh, another older woman? Could that same thing apply? Thing applies. Or, 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 or thing. same thing? Okay, okay. It, it apply. It, it doesn't. I want. I want us to understand, and this is something that for, for everybody listening, a pathway to homosexuality. It doesn't matter whether or not it was the molestation, or abuse, or rape was done by the same sex or the opposite sex. It, it does, the fact of the matter is that, particularly for children, is the fact of the matter that you violated a child that doesn't understand sex doesn't understand what it means, how they're supposed to feel, how they're supposed to perceive it. And in that act, that act can cause role confusion. It can cause psychological confusion that leads to them trying to make sense by gravitating to the same sex. Mm. Or it can lead to being promiscuous. Either or. Hmm, Igor. Regard, regard. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, what well, one thing I never, I don't know if you never mentioned it on your own channel. Oh, and I forgot to tell people that, yeah, Dieter does have a YouTube channel. Um, I, I'll drop the links um, in in future um, in my upload of this podcast. Um, in regards to, I don't know if you heard about this Netflix series called Cuties. It was not a series, but it was a movie. Have you heard about yes. it? Yes. Uh-huh. Did you know, did you know the state? The state you're in, Texas, they're suing cuties yes. of that. Um, I'm not sure if you can give me your analysis. I'm not sure if you're a watch or heard about it. About, I watched it. It was African woman that I believe produced and made this movie mm-hmm. for Netflix. And I've noticed, um, keep it serious, bro, because you know I'm mad I don't cut no corners between men and women, that uh, very few women in certain space. I would say particularly you two, have not talked about this documentary. And I think the reason why they never talk about it is because a woman produced this. That's one of theirs. Now, if this, if this, was, a man, if this was a man that produced this, and I, I know people are going to get at me that there's a sexual gender war. No, we have to be serious. When you are depicting something that's more than satire about young girls that's what they call it, young prepubescent engaged in sexual gestures, you're sending a message for the pedophiles already that will get their rocks out watching things like that. Now, I don't know if you want to get a response to that, but that's I, – and I never did – I did – I did broadcast. I never did broadcasting, but I noticed a few men in the surface did talk about this, about the, the same hate about this. So, so when we're talking about the cuties, which which cuties uh, movie, which I did see, um, I actually was interviewed on multiple platforms to give my analysis of it. And so, um, when you're looking at cuties, um, cuties is an example of over sexualization and social deviancy. Among it, it attracted people who over-feminize and who, um, in in some sense, are mischaracterizing kids of that age, over-sexualizing them to be as such. Um, This particular movie 
to me, even though I understand the the position of them producing this to show a situation, uh, which is a foreign film of kids who are basically in their preteens who can be over-sexualized, who can basically attempt to act older than what they are and attempt to doing things that, you know, can be somewhat uh, detrimental to their future. Um, it also, in the way it was produced, can also be a a uh, contributor to delinquents to to, to uh, people who have engaged. It can attract people who engage in in pedophilia type behaviors um, because of the. I think that it went above and beyond what it should have, as as it allowed those children to to dress the way they were, dancing, doing the things that they were doing. Um, there was a situation with the little girl wanting to have sex with her cousin to, to keep the phone and so forth. And it constantly showed an inter- inappropriate interaction between adult males and younger kids who were in basically like 11, 12 years old, in which it, it had undertones of these men potentially wanting to have sex or, or entertaining the fact that these little girls were attractive and so on. And so um, the movie had a lot of issues to me, the way it was written. I didn't like the way the movie was written. It had some holes in it. I didn't understand Mm -hmm. certain things about it, but I do understand the gist of why it was created. Um, There are some other things that was not explained that I think they could have went more in depth into. I just think that it went too far and beyond just over-sexualizing the children through dance, uh, through the things that they were doing, uh, wanting to engage and do things as if they were 16, 17, 18 years old. It, it focused a lot on that. But also in that, you also have to take in consideration that these kids, these little ki- kids were attempting to, to be with people. They were not interested in kids their own age or boys their own age. They were interested yeah. in older teenagers and men. That's what they were interested in. These kids were wearing makeup. These kids were wearing tight dresses, and they were doing all of these different things. And they had, and they were a product of poor parenting, all across the board. Mm. And so, um, that's the analysis that I got from it. It showed the fact of the things that occur when you are not being influential in your children's life. Um, it showed the fact that these kids were poorly that they were poorly managed and poorly supervised. They were allowed to do a lot of things that they had no business doing, and it led to some of the consequences and some of the events that occurred for them individually. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One thing I would say, if I ever do get a chance and God knows, watch it for myself, I get a more abrupt analysis um, because. You know me, Deidre. I I don't watch much TV. Much I do have access where I can watch these things, but I choose not to after hearing from others and disdain for hate for certain um I guess documentaries, movies, which is a movie, not a documentary, of this type of nature that depicts us, especially our children, and exploit us sexually. I always have to be mindful because this is how they view a lot of black people across the world boys and girls, as objects. And we all know that the detriment of this, you know, these are one of the few things that kept us enslaved, you know, 
not only our self-worth, but the objectivity to, you know, ravish us sexually. From not only from the non-black men, but also the non-black women, because the European women they rape girls and boys too. And a lot of people, when we have these discussions, beat around, they feel that women don't have the potential to rape. This is where it gets very scary in society. You know, and I don't really talk about that because I don't know about these things until I come across other brothers and then they give me their perspective. So I have to really look into it. You know, because we don't see this as an occurrence, but they're able to sweep it on the rug well and make it normalized, especially if a young boy gets, let's say, intercourse from a woman that's like 8 or 10 or even older. They look at it and deem that as the boy is doing something great, you know? And I think it's, you know what the consequence you have when you let a child that's not really mature or ready for really to handle something like that, where his mind is going to go through? You create an itch that can't be sued. You create a, lit, a fire that cannot be unlit. Everything has a consequence of what you do when you're not prepared at a certain age in your development. You know? Just like with that DJ Pope situation when he was in there having sex with a lot of underage girls in our communities um, and affecting them. And how we as men don't view it because of the disdainful hate for not only ourselves, but our girls and some of the women. Or girls, especially girls that's underage, they don't know what they're doing when they're 13 years old. How a 13 year old knows how to engage in sex like that? I mean, come on. You know? I mean, it's a conversation. Some of us dudes got to grow the hell up. And we should not engage in. You know? It's like, it makes someone say, I hope you dudes don't got no daughters. Taken like that. I agree. I mean, we have to be serious. And a lot of women don't have a very distinct hate, when, especially when men talking like that. You know, that at times, as a grown man, we, we have our issues, all right, but anybody that's under 16 years old, we got to give more leniency, at least in my mind. You get me? Because there's some yeah. things they should not be engaged in anyway. You know, if they engage it, that's the parent's fault. I don't care what they say. As right as the father is not around or the woman or the mother not doing her job, it's a fault on their end. You know? I agree. And now, and now the community has to deal with the backlash once you're not doing your job, you know? That's why when we talk about accountability, it's not just the men I tell about the kind, but it also applies with the women as well. Because if either one of y'all fall on your job and you have children, who do you think suffers at the end of the day? Your kids. Especially if you're involved, parents. So there's not really much excuse. So... Let me, let, me give the call, uh, let me give the call number one more time, guys. This is the last time I'm giving the call number. I'm not going to stay on here long. The call number tonight's show is 712-770-4160. The access code is 977194-POUND. I repeat, 712-770-4160. Access code 977194-POUND. Tonight's subject, Chaos Rain presents. Remedies for dealing with homosexuality with my guest again, D. Durrell. Um, one thing, um, in regards to most of the remedies that you came across, has any person that gone for your sessions lately have, you know, made the conscious effort with um, instruction? Have um, 
I guess, made a turn in their life, depending on what, where they're at in regards to homosexuality, or have they still, you know, you know, they really do much at all, you know, or did the work, a lot of, a lot of better words. That's well, I, I haven't had a, a uh, right now I currently don't have any uh, clients that are discussing homosexuality issues. The last um, client that I had that openly talked about these issues was actually probably about three months ago. And uh, in, in that particular situation, uh, that that particular person was a, a black, a younger black male. Um, and uh, the issues that they had was that they were involved in a relationship in which their partner didn't want to commit to going to therapy or dealing with the thing, with the issues. Uh, they have involved in homosexual relationships. They have the same dynamics or they have the same issues that a heterosexual relationship has. So um, in many situations, um, they dealt with, with issues of communication, infidelity, uh, just other things, host of course, their character values, things that uh, to deal with in, in their particular uh, uh, relationship issues that they had. Okay, okay. It looked like somebody said something in the chat room that they tried to bring up the thing with cuties. And I think my copper said, I remember trying to bring this up on TRS, but everyone wanted to argue over whose master was better. I don't know what that has to do with anything. Um, I don't know. So, you know. I never talked about it much till tonight. Um, rather, who views it in regards to some mastery? Beyond beyond the point that you know this was a doc, this was a movie that was presented for profit and gain and to incite pedophilia in a way to see how the public will view it and I know there was a lot of comments that a lot of people were not liking this movie and it shows because we had to go straight to the um, highest form of court in Texas to start put law um sued for this that tells you that's where the public right now is at. No person wants to see no exploitation of any man manner in regards to children, young girls, especially. So, you know, to a lot of women that didn't do content for whatever reason, I get it. I know where it is, you know. Um, one other thing, just for our topic, um, and I never told people this, and I'll tell you this personality, I tell people many times, I am not going to have or engage in these conversations where anybody tell me about another black man of any wrongdoing in regards to scamming. And I'm telling you why. Because I've started to come to realization that a lot of people don't respect black men to the point where if a man is really doing wrong, you go the legal route like everybody else. For us as people, we don't go the legal route if we're wronged by another man in this community. We go out and take to social media and create, even as far as lies, that don't even bring no vavication on the average. And I'm thinking, other race people don't do this garbage, this bullshit. And they got a problem with that person, they do it, they handle business secretly, and they go as far as sue secret, and no one doesn't hear about it, and they move on. But when it comes to us, we like to express it verbally, especially with other black men of some wrongdoing. 
Example of this, Dr. Omar Johnson, and now Jay Morrison. Okay, I agree. I mentioned these two brothers' names because I'm in here, especially with Jay Morrison last time about what he's doing, if he's hustling or scamming. And I'm fixing it. Whoa, 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 whoa. If you were wrong for the, and you invested your money and you did not see no return, let's say no return, there's something we call like any other group of people, far like people that are Jewish people. You sue, 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 sue. That's it. If you feel that you're wrong, really wrong, you go out legally. That means you've got to have your paper ready, my dude. But a lot of people are not that organized, either. Let's keep it honest. I think people that sit there just want to say things just because a, another person is doing something that they should be doing themselves. And not only that, they, they, they are making money and profit from what you have been doing on your other channel. You get me? I would yes. never expect no man that's going to make a channel, and all you see him is tech another brother that's not a con- Remember, Dr. Omar Johnson is not a content creator on YouTube. He did nope. a channel, but he, he never had it long. And he did a channel just to express his views of the world. America, I was described to channel, was like two, three years ago, maybe two and a half years ago. And he doesn't really have a channel to make money. He does this for the information alone because he does work in the field of psychiatry. He's a doctor in it. And a lot of black people were complaining about people's credentials. And that has to really stop with us as people. It's like, hold on, a black person, a man, as in mind you, Dieter, this is only men. Talking about other men's accomplishments and degrees. We don't do this with other groups of men, other groups of people, outside our group. So right I now agree. I'm fine to you need very like I said, you got masters in clinical therapy, so I care, all right? Do you see anybody that, that asks you, say, I need to see your doc- papers, all this nonsense, right? I mean, you can give it to them if you want. If they come to office, yeah. they see it right there. But that, that, yeah, that, that's in a professional setting, not on you. In a professional setting. <laughs> exactly, professional setting. You go to, like, you know how people go to a doctor in the doctor's office? Most likely you'll see his certificates on the wall, Right? Right. So why is it now we come to this point? We we criticize the credibility of the average black man. Because I'll tell you why, bro, because we are not respected in society. What we do is probably ain't shit ain't and won't be no shit. And if you have ass stepping on certain things, they will call you out on the shit. Now, if they're right, you would fail first before anything else. I'm just keeping 100 with y'all. They talk about this match I had at school six months ago, a year, and all that stuff. And notice that the average school doesn't really function, especially a person that's having an independent school that's not getting government funding. Where the money is going to come from? That's what I want people to understand. Where the fuck is it going to come from? If he's saying he's created a GoFundMe, all this stuff, he has a paper trail. That's my check. And for those who don't even donate, you're not going to see a paper because most of that's complaining. Let's keep on. Have not spent a dime in regards to the best interest of seeing a school system built for black children, especially black boys. Anytime you put black boys in the equation, Steve Durrell, there's an issue with this community. Right. I find it's very odd that 
you're not going to come out of any oppression if your boys are malnourished and miseducated. Tell me what, which society has, has this been successful. It has not been done in centuries. And it ain't going to happen now if we at the rate we're going. I want somebody to show me some proof that this has ever succeeded in history with any group of people. Never been done. I hear even right. women tell us how they say how they are accomplishing more things than the boys. It's where we say they do business on something and they're making praises. That should be a failure to the group. If you're, if you're a woman and you have, and you have boy sons. I agree. That should be a red flag to any woman that doesn't have children to find women are pushing and think this is cool. I would look at them side eye, and I tell most women, anytime a woman is big enough and think that's a constant and you're friends with, disassociate with them, ladies. Because now they're telling you, President, that not only they don't give a fuck about you, but they don't give a fuck about the, the climate or direction where the boys that will be coming and going in this community. Just like you hear some of these women that's in the same party, Democrat Party, and mind, this is overtime. Like, I'm not going to start ranting. So if anybody want to call, y'all call now. But this is what, what I find that they have a press issue with Ice Cube and his plan that he tried to present to the same party that black people give their soulful allegiance for the last half a century. And they turn him down. Hell, they do something bad. They say, we'll look at it after I get into office. No, you will look into this now. But it goes back again. When you're not thinking critically and you're just hoping to get crumbs, that's all you're going to get, shit and crumbs. And I'm mm-hmm. telling who people should vote, who to decide. Well, we got to be better now at this. We're running at a critical point as a race in this country right now. How are we going to move in the next decade or so? It's going to determine how much you're going to see more black people or less black people in this country. That's actually ADOS. That's still black with two black parents, at least. And I agree. At least because the younger ones, they're not even thinking of a program with somebody that's in this community. The boys. The same boys that y'all women criticize complain about, that's going to be men that you're going to still bitch and complain about. We gotta have this conversation as group people. But we're not gonna have this conversation right. because everybody feels where we're going is fine, it's normal. Uh, let me check the board for a second. Do you have any um thoughts on that, D Darrell? Excuse me. Have any any thoughts of this, D Darrell? Um, I, I I agree with what you're saying. I mean, I, I I agree wholeheartedly with the things that you're saying. You're hitting it on the nail. Um, I think things are perceived certain ways based on if men did it and females are are doing certain things. I think that both parties, if wrong is done, we all need to be held accountable, and things should not be be perceived differently based on if if a certain gender did things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. The reason why I had to make this somewhat public a little bit because it astonished me that we're cool with this. And not only that, we do this with, to hurt another black man for a sick conversation because we feel it's fun. And last time I checked, 
I take life a little seriously. And if you're an adult that's over the age of 25 and you think you're on here for just fun and games, I look at it as very malnutrition and you are still an adolescent. I expect adults as they reach older, and especially that turns in their 30s, that they should have some more of a maturity at some point in life. But to find that people that are well, our age doing this, bro, it's frightening. It's scary. You know? Correct. And you know what I'm saying? We don't have nothing to show for, but we like to deal with the fuckery and feel it's comfortable. And I remember, and I'm not sure if you listened to the interview with um, Lord Jamal, with Omar, and they still bring yeah, up the fact about the, this about this, the school. And I'm going to stay on the school because I tell people, I don't talk about Omar on my channel like this because there are certain things I'm not going to discuss and waste time and saying who is real, who's fake. I don't do that because at the end of the day, we're not doing nothing tangible as collective as a whole to worry about, concern about who's doing some who. But we're not doing what we should be doing already. That we have the capability to do now, but we refuse to do because we want to fuck around. Let's keep it real. We want to just fuck around a lot of shit. So to see him come up and say how his side of the family got his school running, okay, that's good. But the way how this man is doing it with his own team, he's doing the way how he sees fit. You get me? The whole thing he asks is you donate, that's it. Nothing more, nothing less. And the faster, if he can accumulate the funds, he can get the school properly running the way he wants and keep it running for at least a year or more. Because it's going to take in the minutes to have a school, once it's actually open to may sustain itself for the first whole year or two in semester. Because that's going to cost a lot of money without no government funding. That's why I don't agree with with the small thinking, D-Darrell. They said, yeah. wait, we have, we have a caller. I'm going to take a call now, sir. When people talk about saying, well, why are you starting big? Can't you start small, sir? I was thinking of that same mindset as well, brother. But when I talked to Cerulean about this, he said personally that as a man, you should never think small. You should always try to think big and try to do big. You get me? Yes. Thinking small, you're going to get small results. You're not getting nowhere. But if you're thinking of something bigger and you play action, everything's going to fall in place. So let me take this call. All right, call open line. Who's this? Uh, this is Big J Triple X here. And um okay. uh, Did you listen to the, to the show? Early uh, I, listened to, I listened to the first part, but I had to leave because I was I was doing my own I was doing my own show and I was on the Black Black Woman's Fear channel and I was on anyway, let, let me let me let me uh 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 say this. Uh 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 is this is this issue about homosexual, is this have to do with uh, men in honor and the, and the exploits of a woke uh, uh, progressive? Is this, is this really what this issue is about, this show about? I, I, I'm going to say this. I'm not mentioning anybody's name per se because I'm on a different platform. It's up to the host of the, to, to decipher that. And if you wanted to say names, I'm not at liberty to do so. Uh, you check my platform out. I'd be more than happy to list names and so forth. But I'm, I'm respectfully, in respect to the host, um, I'm only characterizing things that are going on. I'm not going to necessarily give names. The reason, the reason I'm asking is because on your show you were talking about men honor, and I thought this was, you know, 
segue to the issue between Umar Johnson and, and you know, you you, 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 you like, you, you're a fan of Umar Johnson and, and you... No, 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 no. A, I was talking about Omar Johnson, um, Big J. And in regards to Mr. Honor, we didn't mention him tonight. Oh, okay, okay, now, okay. I, no, no, no. I, 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 I apologize. I apologize. No, well, I, I, I apologize if, if I uh, if I uh, read this wrong. So I'm gonna be humble, mm-hmm. and I read. You know, I apologize about it. Thank you. But um, since you're on Big J, um, the reason why I say I was talking about Omar, come talking about the issue in regards to this community about any black man trying to either immense funds or trying to accomplish something, and he needs the community's assistance that this is where we at now, you know. Some people expect something to be given instantly, like going to a fast food restaurant. I want it here and now. Like and that's not how shit runs. You get me? Especially if you well, 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 anything. Well, let me well, let me well, let me say say take this and and um I don't wanna start starting no beef, but uh, first of all we all know the brother by the name of Q Butter, right? We all we all know we that you know yes. Q Butter. I'm I know aware. Yeah, we all well well Q Butter, he built a school within less less than less than two years. So if Q mm-hmm. Butter if Q Butter in, in, in New York City can sit there and build a school for, for, for black boys and black girls in certain less in less than two years and certainly Umar Johnson who is highly more educated than Q Butter? Because Q Q Butter is not the educated. He's not. He's not an educated man. But I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm like, he's not as educated as Umar. He doesn't have these degrees as Umar. But Umar had had 12 years to build a school, and and he's not. And you have not have, have not one thing uh, set up right. So there is there is a problem, um, and. And, and 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 too many people on here are, are looking for heroes. Um, they, they're trying to live vicariously through, through through certain personalities, rather than looking at the person from who for what they are. Some people on here are sick in the head. Some people on here are are, are using race to cover up their 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 mental illness. And um, that's all I'm going to say on the topic. Thank you. Well, well, well I, I, I have something to say in response to that, and I want people to understand we cannot, we cannot characterize what Umar is doing in relation to what 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 Q Butter is doing Q because Butter. Q yeah. Butter is Q Butter has a charter school that has state and federal funding. We're talking about, I mean, even though this is not the topic, but the mm-hmm. the educational institution that. Umar Johnson is attempting to build is strictly on, is strictly independent of that and is mainly in its 100% on black dollars and black dollars only. That, those are two different concepts. And uh, I think what people are getting, people are looking at the fact that we're so used of doing things independent on other people to, to provide those the capital for us to do things as the black community, we have to learn how to do things independent of this government and doing that for ourselves strictly on black dollars. 
And and to me, this this the failure of us to do this is highly related to the fact of the dollar stays in the black community for six hours before it's invested and, and spent as a consumer to other groups of people. And mm-hmm. we are just not mature enough from an economic standpoint to understand how group economics can benefit us. And this example of Umar Johnson's failure to raise this money for this school is a prime example because black people as a whole, we spend a lot more money in other industries that don't benefit us as a community. And so what he's trying to do is actually revolutionary because he wants to do these things independent. And I'm going to repeat that independent of state, state government funds and federal funds. Okay, I'm glad, I'm, glad, I'm glad that you say that, uh, Darrell. And I, I, and, I, and I apologize if I uh, interrupt you, but, uh, uh, but the thing is, though, uh, Darrell, is, you know, you want things to be independent from, from, the, from the government, but when he took, took over that school in, in, in Pennsylvania, and, well, he's going to need OSHA. You know, he talked about he want to raise funds for to to refurbish that school up there in Philadelphia, not Philadelphia. Is it Philly or is it Pennsylvania? I've got. Oh, yeah, I mean, I'm it's Delaware. It's Delaware. actually in Delaware. 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 I'm sorry, in Delaware. I'm sorry. Uh, pardon me, Delaware. Well, if he's up there in Delaware, well, Delaware is a union state, right? And if you're going to try to fix things in in a union state, you need you need to be hooked by somebody of the union. Then also, then also you got to pay the union dues. Second, though, he needs OSHA. If you're going to rebuild a school, you need OSHA, OSHA regulations. Therefore, whatever he's trying to build, you can't build something, you know, outside the government when you need when when, when when there's regulations attached to the labor. So no, so, I, I think I think well, hold on, that, hold on that, brother. I think I think you're confusing we, some things. We, we're not saying that we we as an institution, all institutions in this country have to follow government regulations to a certain extent. What I'm talking about is the fact of the matter of the the functional operations in regards to the day-to-day uh, operations are not going to be funded by state and federal grants and capital. When, whenever you accept, whenever you accept funds from the state government or the federal government, they have more power to dictate how you operate. As as any institution, if you operate from a private standpoint, the only thing that you're going to have to follow is is the board, the federal from the the board of education, which is a federal um, department, as far as the guidelines of the minimal things that you would need to operate as a school, as far as the curriculum. All things other than that, any additional any additional um, classes or or and so forth or, or other educational instruction an activity that you want to implement into the school it, uh, is allowed. And, and you must understand that when it comes to those particular things that he is adding in addition to following the federal guidelines as far as the curriculum for education, public education, charter schools, and so forth don't have the liberty to do that. He, he will, and that, that's the difference. Q, Q Butter, Q Butter does, will not and, and, and won't have, doesn't, if this, if Omar, if this Frederick Douglass Marcus Garvey Academy was in fruition as we speak, there are certain things that Umar would, would be able to have and have liberty to do 
that Kubernetes school would not it doesn't have the the, the ability to do and, and and that's what he's striving for there's a difference and can you please address and expound on those on the liberties okay Let, uh, number one okay I'm, I'm gonna say this before I and to go into that no, no if, if he's if, if if the Frederick Douglass Marcus Garvey Academy is going to focus on young black boys okay now we all know due to the uh, uh, discrimination laws and so forth civil rights you cannot um, have a school that is directly for black boys, but you can put a school in a area where it's going to, you know, basically uh, provide pro- provide provide those services to the community. He's not going into a mixed or diverse area. He went. He's he targeted black areas where he knew nine times out of ten it's only going to be black kids going there. The next thing we want to look at. Every school is going to have to teach math. It's going to have to teach English. It's going to have to teach reading, writing, arithmetic. The high school, middle school is going to have a curriculum that's basically a, the Board of Regents, as far as the education, you have to follow those guidelines. Now, when he adds on those additional things, such as um, providing a, uh, things such as real estate classes, talking about how to start your own business, adding in Afrocentric curriculum, and so forth, uh, other different things that institute learning strictly about um, things that are more Afrocentric in nature and so forth. Those things, those things are independent of that particular school. Other mm-hmm. charter schools and stuff, they have to follow guidelines that um, that what the kids can learn, what the kids can learn, the kids can learn. And, and, and let me let me use another example. Let me use another example. Hold on. Let, Hold let, on. Let me use Big one, J, chill. Let, let him finish. Big J. Let me, let me use one more example, brother, because and that's the difference between uh, private schools such as that are religious schools, such as Catholic schools or religious orientated schools. They can use they they have religion in their curriculums. They have things that that focus that are religious orientated. You can't find that in a charter school. You can't find that in a public. Uh, public school where they have religious orientated uh, curriculum as far as uh, learning about the Bible, learning about saints and, and Catholicism and so forth. That that what distinguishes them from um, that what distinguishes them from a public a, char- a charter school is basically a public school that has the ability to to get kids from diverse areas and recruit to get people kids to go there. That's the only difference. The, other than that, the guidelines and the operations are pretty much the same. So that's that's the the true nature of what he's trying to do, because the things that he could provide as far as the curriculum and education that caters to the development of black minds to to, to basically benefit the community, that is in addition to the foundational stuff that the the board of education requires all institutions of learning to 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 um to, to provide for, for the kids. So that's the difference. Q Q Butter doesn't have the license to do those things. Q Butter has to have standardized education, standardized testing and all of those different things that private schools don't have to do if if unless they're accepting federal and state funding. It's to, it's a totally different scenario. Yeah, yeah but here here is here is here is the thing though. Now, 
I, I hope I hope one day that you know before before I before I uh, give out my opinion, I hope uh, chaos would would invite Q Butter over here one day one night. And you know, have him expound expound about his school. But going 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 back to to, to my rebuttal, um, going back to my rebuttal, uh, Q brother do teach uh, the the black conscience, uh, you know, the, the pro black uh, 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 in his in his school. So, what's the difference between what what you know that there is no difference. And there is a difference. There is a difference. There is a difference. The difference is that, uh, yes, you you can teach the pro-black stuff, but there are other aspects of that curriculum that Omar is instituting. You're not going to find that in a in an in a in a school that's funded by the federal and state government. And let's and let's also make this understanding: when you accept funding from the state. And federal government, they dictate to you what you can and cannot do. If, if the state government wanted to basically tell Q Butter you can't teach this anymore, this pro-black stuff, they have the right to do that, and there's nothing he can exactly. do about it. Yeah, there's nothing uh, he can uh, do about well, it. Well, if, if that if that was the case, then then therefore Q Butter's school would have been shut down a long time time ago. Oh no, no but, that's that's but, not necessarily but, because but because that's not true. No, that's that's not true. That's not true. It's not true. See, you don't know why it's not true? Why, why, why ain't true? Why it's not true is because that curriculum that he has, he instituted, that that curriculum that he instituted was approved by the state. Mm. That's a difference. He, he Yeah, he is teaching them uh, pro-black uh, things and so forth. And, a credit, and I do accredit him to doing that. But at the same time, that curriculum had to be approved before it could be instituted into that uh, institution because he's accepting state money and federal government money. Mm-hmm. So that, that's a difference. See, if you're, if you're running a, a totally independent school and so forth, you can teach whatever you want. You have the license to teach whatever you want without going to them to approve it. So he, Q, I mean, I, look, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm saying, and I, I've actually had Q Butter on my platform. Me and Q mm-hmm. but, me and Q Butter argue about about issues about his school as opposed to Umar Johnson. And Q Butter understands, even though and he's he's been on other platforms talking about this, Q Butter knows that the the the, the project that he has, which is actually a good project, I'm not trying to demean anything he's doing, he's doing a great job and so forth, but he's not doing the same thing that Umar is. Because if he was Q butter would be scrapped for cash right now because he already, as we speak this year, was trying to raise somewhere between twenty to thirty thousand dollars for operational costs for things that he needed to have done. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the reason why, if we if we can go can go by that logic, right? Big even though. Go ahead. I, I have another person that raised their hand. So you know, BJ. So go on. No, no, go go on, go to the next next call again. I'll wait. Okay. okay. Let me see what this is. Call the open line. Who's this? Hey, what's up, Gary? Hey Gary, how you doing? How you doing? Yeah. Yeah. No, I um no. Go ahead. 
Go ahead. No, I, I just want to say that, um, I, I, uh, you know, um, I think that the, the other journalist program, his program that he's teaching is he's teaching basic African-American history. Okay, that's basically what he's probably doing, and, and that's why he got funded, because they probably looked at it and said, okay, well, this is pretty this is pretty low key here. So, so, the, so that's probably what he's doing. Um, 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 I think what Dr. Umar is teaching, when you talk about an extensive African-centered curriculum, I think that's more extensive. Okay, he's going deeper into some other stuff. And I think this is where the difference is. Um, I, I, I do know even on college campuses, professors have to, and, 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 and PhD professors, et cetera, have to have, those colleges are going to have the state and government um, qualify those curriculums, you see. So, so even on a college level, you just can't teach that subject without the government being involved or, or looking at some stuff. Yes, they allow a college to go forward with, with, with more extensive um, uh, learning on, on history than, say, a high school would. But I think this is what Dr. Umar is trying to get at with his with his curriculum. The second thing I want to say that um, him having an all-boys school, this, that's nothing new. And I think uh, the brother, uh, the, the guest raised, uh, he said a good question. He said, he said a good, good answer about a school just for black boys. They tried that in Detroit, and they used the discrimination clause against the, the, the school. Against, against the school oh. for doing that. This was... This was during the 1990s when these brothers was trying to do it in Detroit, and they raised the issue. They said it was discriminatory, which I thought was which I disagreed with. I said it's not discriminatory, but again, that was the way of discipling or, or, or slowing down that process of of of, of having schools an all black male preparatory school. And I think that's what that you know you know. But again, um, yeah, but it's a good topic. I, I do know you was talking about. Homosexuality. I know you're talking about the the state of the the mindset of black males in, in dealing with um, homosexuality. Dealing with and, and one thing that um, I think that y'all didn't hit on was abuse. Okay, um, sexual abuse in the black family in in, in, in the black community. Yeah, that's what I, 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 young... I, I touched on that. <laughs> okay, you did. Okay, Cause I, yeah. I, I didn't hear it. All. I had I left and came back. Turn and okay. call that back back in. So so that's a big thing and that's something that we need because when it comes to young black boys, that subject is often not talked about because the abusers are sometimes females. Check that out. Yes. See and, that and, is and, true. and this is a and this is a problem and it's it's not talked about. Yeah, you you're talking about the black male abusing young black women in the home, except and all those things. But I think that that conversation when it comes to young black boys being sexually abused that that conversation goes deaf mute, and, and no one wants to talk about it. People tend to overshadow it. I mean, they overlook that. So that's something else, man. That we have to go. And this is kind of a um an an extension on why on why in some cases we had this homosexuality. The second thing is black male black male fear. I think you hit on this already, though. Black male fear to, to be men. I think in this society because. We, we oppose for some reason this threat to them. I think some of young black men have gotten their minds that I can't be threatening. 
So if I'm too threatening, then that's going to cut me off from being what? Uh, 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 that's going to cut me, stop me from getting this job. That's going to make society look at me differently. That's going to make society look at me as this brute uh, uh, force of a man or I'm dangerous, etc. So some of these brothers, they take the attitude being gay is safer. Check that out. They, they mm. think this way in their mind. It's a subconscious. It's a psychology thing. Being gay is sometimes safer. For, it's safer, and they think like this. So a lot of these dudes just turn gay. For some reason, they think that that's, that's safer. But that's just, just my personal opinion. Now I might be wrong, but when I see young young dudes at fourteen and, and, and fifteen years old talking about being homosexual, they gay. That's a that's like a problem. He, he hasn't even lived long enough to even figure that out or even think about or to think why he's gay. You see, there's that, 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 something wrong with that. So I think sometimes a lot of these young men, it, as far as I see it, they figure it out. Being black and masculine is really that you wage a war against white supremacy. So they figure, oh, shit, I, I can't wage war against white supremacy, so I, I, I might act like I'm feminine. And maybe that make me less of a threat. Okay. I'm so, Joshua. That's how, that's no what, go ahead. I have no person to raise their hand. Um, uh-huh. Okay. Um, Caller, open line, who's this? Hello? Hey, what's up? What's up, Gary? It's Big O.C. Big O.C., um, question. Did you listen to the dissertation by D. Durrell about remedies and coping with homosexuality or... To the stream. I know it was like during the hour and thirty minute mark we started this. Um, did you catch that part? Like little bits and pieces, man. Okay. Well, what's the question anyway? Did we answer it? Um, man, I guess I guess I'm gonna listen to you guys talk some more before I um, make my comments. So. Just leave okay. me on, and I'm, I'm gonna go on mute and listen. Okay, all right, all right. Um, Big J, if you, if you call one more time, I will take a call one more time. See if you have any any further questions. But like I said, D. Darrell, um, that's where I'm at it with it. You know, um, Cuba has something going pretty well in regards to teaching STEM to the students, which is the future. Now, all the other information. He probably might be able to sneak some things here and there that is also helpful. But my thing is this, and we all know as black men, if we understand history properly, but he who pays rules, that's not going to skip us and if we were trying to accomplish. If the enemy is funding you, just to keep you your lights open, you're not. You're only gonna get so far. You get me? Um, I'm not a proponent of people saying they shouldn't take the money if they try to start institutes to teach. If you have a desire to teach, then anyway, how you get the money to start your school, go about it. You get me? If your mission is to try to save as much black life as possible and teaching is the way, go about it. You get me? Don't stop what you're trying to do. Do it and do it the best of your ability. What Omar's doing, he's doing something much bigger and much greater. Now, will the school be open in the next year and a half, maybe two? I don't know. The way how things are projecting right now, 
It's going to be hard to see if he's going to get the school up and running very soon. But I know that he's going to get the school open one way or the other. That's a fact. Can we read Diderot? You there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I agree. I I, I think I, I actually think, to be honest with you, this, this situation with COVID-19 has definitely delayed and hindered the ability of of raising money because you, you have more people that are not working, uh, unemployment issues, people uh, uncertainty, economic uncertainty has has basically persevered throughout the country, particularly in our community, and uh, I think the donations are at a at a at a lower level than usual. Uh, I, I I'm yeah. probably going to say this probably it's going to probably be another year, year and a half to maybe two years till this school may have the the amount of money needed. I, I'm hoping that I may be wrong, but I'm going to say at least another year and a half to two years, so they can actually I, raise I the money. Two years at most, the safe side. Because, and that that's as far as I can say. And like I said, the people that are the ones that's given the most issue, yeah. obviously, I'm going to say never put no money into it. I know some people stopped supporting after a while because of his behavior. And I get it, and I ain't going to deny it. I wouldn't give the money if a man is not being properly and he's trying to accomplish something. But nonetheless, like I said, I look at the admission as important. So I will put my money if I – and I'll tell people personally, I have not donated. I bought books with hoods. I bought parks in regards to the school, but that's pretty much it. Um, hold on. Let me um open one more line. This well yeah. Let me see what this is. All right, call open line, who's this? Uh Big J here. Um now, okay. uh, now back to the topic. Um mm-hmm. uh back 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 to the topic of, of the matter at hand, you're talking about homosexuality, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, remedies. Yeah, but go ahead. Yeah, But the problem isn't the homosexuality. The problem is sexuality itself. And, and here, and here is here is here is where I'm coming from. And, and, and it's twofolded. Um, black men are hyper sexual, sexual, and the hypersexuality in black men. Is is a problem, and um, it's a problem because you know uh, it, 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 it takes our focus off of what needs to be done, and also I got I gotta say, um, also got I gotta say this: a lot of men believe that their manhood ends and begins between the legs of a woman, or a or whatever words that come out of a woman's mouth, that that is where his manhood is coming from, and that's where that's where a lot a lot of men are are, are, are getting their manhood from from uh, from what a woman says, um, or you know what a girlfriend says, you know the sick card, uh, if you will, you know t- taking the blue pill, um, and and you know and that also kind of leads lend to um, this this. Homosexuality, as well, um, you know, this, this this constant, you know, you're trying to prove you're proving something with with, with your dick, uh, with, with 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 your peen. I'm sorry, it would be it be politically correct with 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 your peen, and you think that you're trying to prove manhood with your p 
king instead of your intelligence. Therefore, a man is, you know, we view manhood by what's between his legs and not between his ears, like with General uh, Mad Dog. Matt, Matt just said, you know, you know, fighting the battlefield. So, so, um, I think, I think, I think that that that's been taught um, to black men, and uh, I blame. I'm gonna blame four different things why black men are the way they are. I blame that black church. Uh, you know, you had bunch a bunch of cat, cat, cackling hens in that church house, and that you had that one man in that church house condemning men, while at the same time telling the sisters inside the church room. She, you know, the Boab story and condemning and bat and blasting men. That's one thing. And the, the second thing is black uh, a, a, academia, you know, with their uh, with their anti with their problem uh, how uh, masculinity is toxic. Um, you also have black media with, with with your Roland Martins of the world, your Steve Harvey of the world, with their with their baby boomer uh, ways, trying to blame millennial men for all for all the society ills. And you also have black politics. Where, where where they you know where they uplift the image of the female over the male and create create creating certain laws rules and regulations and 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 that's also compounded um, back to you know with education laws what may have you and and you know and also in the, in, in the psyche in, in in black male psyche when it goes back to the home it's it's mainly um, that he's looked upon as the as the big, the big dick. You know, it, it's kind of like you kind of look. You look at Melvin from the movie Baby Boy. And I hate hate that movie Baby Boy. That's one movie I wish that would never never been been made. Joey versus Melvin, and that's how black society is. You know, is seen seen as black as, as black men. You either Joey or you're Melvin on Baby Boy, and I hate that movie with a fucking passion. But I hang back. Thank you. And thank you, DJ. Thank you, thank you. Um, I don't know if we have any response to that, Diderell. Any? Yeah, I, I'll go ahead and respond to that. Um, what, what I'm gonna say is this. Um, I I do agree with him to a certain extent as regards to the hyper sexuality of black men, but I don't think that black men are hyper masculine as a whole. I do think that we have a. Uh, we we do have a percentage of of guys that do think in that manner in which they judge their masculinity based on you know getting between a woman's legs and and their sexuality and it starts and ends there and we don't look at other things that make up a man such as being creators producers uh you know financially taking care of things being decision decision makers being assertive and, and so on and i i do think that those are things that need to be reinforced a lot more to our black boys. But the problem is that we don't, we need more black men in the home that are exemplifying those characteristics so that younger black boys will take on and be directly or indirectly taught those particular uh, attributes. And, and that's the underlying issue. We don't have a lot. We, we need more black men in the home. Uh, and so that we don't have a, a 70 percent uh or plus of females in the household who run the household and, and well, that's well, the issue well I, well I think i think that 75 percent 
percentile. I think that number is down. I don't think that. I think I think that seventy five. That 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 notion that there's seventy five percent of single single mothers. Uh, that number is no longer seventy five percent. That that's been lowered. You know that that's a outdated. Yeah, but 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 it's it's still the the, the you are right. It has been. It is still high though. It's, it's still yeah. High. It's not. It, 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 it's over, still over thirty five percent. It's high. Hold on, so let me stop right there. Yeah, it, it's yeah. It's I'm, high, I'm, 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 hold on, let me do this. I'm gonna tell you personally. This is how I'm a percentile. This in regards to what's high in my eyes. Anything beyond thirty five percent is high. So right here, Phil said even with the marriage rate. It's low. If it's still not exceeding past 35, it's low. And right now, I think last my check is 29%. So we're not really marrying like that amongst our group. So when we look at things that's high, people feel said semi's high and it's gone down. Yeah, it might have gone down, but it's still considered high amongst our community. So take the floor, Dieter. Okay. So yeah, I wanted to say that yeah, the, the, you know, more current research is showing that it, that is a reduction, but the more telling statistic would be, uh, will you know, will, will the statistics yield a ten, fifteen, twenty percent increase in married black families? That would be the the statistic that would be more telling of us doing things in a trend on, on the positive. Um, I also, I, I, I want to say that I, I do think um, when we look at black male masculinity, um, we have allowed other people to co-opt that and dictate to us what black male masculinity must look like. And I want us to keep in mind that black male masculinity is going to differ from white male masculinity. And the problem is that, um, you know, there are a lot of black men who – want to act and do the things that white men do. And that is not necessarily going to yield a positive for us as a whole, that we're, 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 we're mimicking and doing things of another group of men. And when we do those same things, it, 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 uh, it, it, it equates to a different outcome. And there's, there's certain things that white men do that they get away with that black men will never get away with. And so can you, but can you okay then 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 can you expound on that because uh, a black a black person from the hood is not the same as a black person from from the rural area so i, I mean so you can't just put a um i, I believe i believe though though you're, you're kind of misjudging uh because not all black people are within or within a uh Within an area that is that is heavily populated, and and to say that they're mimicking white, just because they're mimicking white, they're mimicking white men, or or, or but but but, but we have the same oppression. It's white supremacy is white supremacy, regardless of you're in yeah. the urban area or you're in a rural area. It's the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're saying, and, and you and you're treated the same regardless of if you're in a different. Metropolitan area or or rural area, you still treat the same way. God may be true, and you're right. You're right about that. But male nature is still male nature, and female nature is still female nature. I mean, if you yeah, I I I agree. I agree with that. So so when we look at black male um, masculinity, 
again, as I stated, we, we, we should not define our masculinity based on what our, our oppressors tell us what our masculinity should be. Because if we listen to that now, what you're seeing is a weaker black man who is not as competitive, who's, more, who's effeminate, because those are the men that are actually able to go into those spaces and be, become successful because they don't pose a threat and they're not as competitive. So um, as a group, we have to, we have to define what, what masculinity means to us and the things that we value as far as us being in our community, making the decisions, being assertive, uh, doing what's in the best interest of us as a people, um, being fathers, being committed and loyal, working together as black men for common causes, investing in one another, having a form of brotherhood, and protecting our communities at all costs. That's what black, that's in my opinion, what black uh, masculinity should reflect. And, and, of course, it's not perfect. You can, some others could expire and say other things. But it should reflect things on that line in, in regards to us putting our community first and protecting our women and protecting our children. And we're, we're not doing that. And, and to me, even to the point if it means us risking our lives doing it, are we willing to risk our lives to protect? It's because there's a lot of black men that are not willing to do that. Because if we yeah. were willing to risk, if we were willing to risk our lives and kill others for trying to kill us, the response of, of of people just recklessly doing things to us without any recourse would be totally different. Yeah, they yeah. would think twice before they uh, pull the trigger. They would think twice before they go running into your home, or think twice about you know throwing your women around and or, or you know killing because they would they would know there will be a, a definite recourse for those actions. There will be actually consequence, actual consequence. Yes. That this is how this exactly. world is constructed. And you should know this better, Big Dick. The world runs on reward and consequence. It will never leave us, you know, as long as we live on this earth. This is how things are shaped. And until we control reward and consequence on our end, you're going to keep seeing the same things that happen to us night in and night day in and out with other groups in regards to the violence, to systematic oppression and death altogether. So that's all on um, Big J. Um, I think that's it. Um, any other last questions, Big J? No, no. no, good, no. Very good comments. Appreciate the, the interaction. All right. All right, D. Darrell. No, we did this thing, and I think it was going to happen tonight, but, you know, we're able to – have this discussion. Um, I know when people go back to listen to this, um, it's not going to be favor because I'm telling people right now. Um, some men that are a part of that community, they're not going to like this kind of message either because it deals with the remedy side that they like to keep coping and think it's bottled up that's normal and it's not. Um, I'm a person that I like to give the solution, at least if I can. You know, I don't like to harbor too much of the problems. Um, I did that consistently for the last maybe a year and a half, maybe two. I do sometimes put solutions at the end of every stream when I go to the solution part. But like I said, um, at the end of for this situation, the best advice I give anybody, if any, is you have to go seek the actual help, the counsel, 
you might have to spend money. If you don't have insurance, get that first second job need to get the funds and spend the money to sit down with the person. And like always, I told people, like Brandon Jones, another um person that has a psych degree, said best that, you know, don't invest too much in anything that's not getting you the proper answer results needed, you know. You should not be spending hours and hours on any therapist and you're still not getting the tangible results, especially if you keep going for a year or two and you still have not grown and learned after the first year. You know, it should be like a progress, like how you sit there try to grow a muscle. You have to sit there, take, and lift heavy things. If you're not progressing in regards to coping with the untapped traumas you suffer during childhood, then you are by default regressing, and we try to get our regression into per, per progress. So I hope this was helpful for a lot of people. Um, any last closing remarks which you did the rail for all the people that are listening? Um, they want to yeah, just what I like to say is this. If, if there's a listener out here who is struggling with his, his or her sexuality and they have issues of being truthful with themselves, I definitely, definitely would like them to listen to what, what has been taken, what has been said today by me, and understand that I'm saying this, not just from a personal professional standpoint, but also from a clinical standpoint. I've been qualified dealing with these issues for over 15, 20, 18 years. It's not just someone with an opinion. This, I am a trained professional that has credentials to, to deal with these particular issues. I definitely would like you to, if you didn't understand something, definitely listen to the replay. You're more than happy to, to check out my YouTube uh, content. Uh, D-Durrell channel. You can contact me and so forth. If you had other questions, you can check my email. My email was listed on my information page of my platform with phone number and so forth. If you need further help, further consultation, be more than happy to give me a call. Be more than happy to reach me through email. And we can, you know, if you want to definitely work on these issues, be more than happy to to contact me and you can get that process going. Other than that, brother, I definitely enjoyed the interaction today, and uh, you have a good night. All right. Thank you again, Deidrell. Appreciate it. And in the future, we'll probably have another discussion of some other deep um, remedies or hard talks about, you know, certain things we could do in regards to better than mental health. Appreciate it. Um, for those that are listening, um, I'd like to thank everybody for listening to tonight's um, stream. Um I'd like to hear from y'all, you know, during every live stream or podcast, please leave a comment, you know, your thoughts and opinions. Um, this is a really good one. I think this is helpful. And it's going to probably help and save another brother or sister that, I guess, try and find answers for their um, sexuality. I think as we are, I'll say this, once we reach 18 years old and we have problems or any direction, and we're coping with certain serious illness mentally, it is in our rightful duty to make use of the resources we have available if we don't have the money. If you're in school, they have a, I guess, a psychiatrist or a counselor or whatever. Make use of the resources you have available. Because not everything that you have to pull out of your pocket. There are resources that can guide you. you know? And if you feel that the, the resources you have available that you don't pay for is not helpful, then by all means, you know, gather whatever funds you got, funds, money, whatever, 
and pay for acts of profession. It is your rightful duty to get a good, clean bill of health. Besides that, thank you all for listening to tonight's stream. Be on the lookout for the next podcast, next stream. I'm Cass here, and like always, till next time, good night. Another good and helpful broadcast. For those that are experiencing and have problems coping with homosexuality or any other ailments, you could hit up D. Darrell personally. His link will be in the description of this podcast slash YouTube stream. Thank you for listening. Until next time, let the chaos rain.